I'm recording. <laughs> Just, oh my God, I don't shut up at yeah. all. <laughs> I'm only laughing because of the way that you're laughing at yourself. <laughs> I mean, podcasting <laughs> is definitely my medium of choice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's good that you have your own that allows you to just talk straight for like five or six minutes, right? True that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my word. Oh, you're gonna love me. Everyone, welcome back to Bulgaria and Beyond. Today, we are talking about the Belgariad, Book One, Porn of Prophecy, Chapter Thirteen. And yeah. we're in Cherik. And my name is Sandra Turnbull. I'm from the Goddess Kindled Universe. I am here with my co-host Alicia. Hi, guys. <laughs> We might even do that smoothly one day, but that's not today. So you go yeah. ahead and do your introduction. That's okay. No, I mean, I don't have, a, I was just going to say, I don't have the like fancy introduction. I am Alicia of whatever. Like You are Alicia of. of. <laughs> just, well, you don't, uh, you're like Madonna. You don't need an of. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could see her face right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't associate with Madonna. Maybe like um Oh, so is that really telling my age? That's like I'm, I'm such an no, age. No, I knew Madonna. I grew up a bit with her. I just never I didn't resonate with her at all. What's the age difference between us? Like I'm 46. How old are you? Oh, I'm about to be 35. Wow, um, that's we... like 10 years between us. A whole decade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bloody hell. Doesn't feel like it though. <laughs> <laughs> I just love you. I don't care how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, age doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, but so that's it. I'm Alicia and I'm excited to be here. Chapter 13. Did I say all the things? I think I said all the things. Anyway, if you're here at, at episode 13 <laughs> and you've just started <laughs> episode 13, that's weird. Go back to the start. <laughs> Well, <laughs> some people are okay. That would no starting no. things in the middle. No, it's wrong. They're not OCD like us. <laughs> no, wrong. Go back to the stuff. We will still be here when you catch up. Promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was your week, sweetheart? Let's go mm-hmm. into Polgar's cup. My week, I I described it as bittersweet, as though a hot cup of coffee with like vanilla mixed in. Cause I've really been enjoying my coffee in the morning lately <laughs> and it's always just like decaf coffee cause I cannot do caffeine and I usually have vanilla creamer of some sort, but actually just went to like plain creamer with no flavor. And it's been like so awesome to taste the coffee even more. Just, I don't know. The bitterness has been really like sweet to me in my mm-hmm. coffee. So no, anyway. I totally get that. It, it does get sweet. Yeah. It's just, I love coffee is my addiction. I say that all the time. So, well, I guess the bittersweet comes from uh, my my youngest. She's turning five years old tomorrow. Oh my goodness. Mommy with a little five-year-old. Yeah, she's been talking about it a lot. Like she woke up this morning and she's kind of just like, it takes her a little while to wake up usually, but you can see all of a sudden she just clicked and she's like, my birthday's tomorrow. <laughs> she like lit up. Oh, that's so thing. sweet. And just trying to explain, cause we're doing her party on Saturday. So her actual birthday is on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. So trying to explain the difference. Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> your birthday is on Thursday. That's tomorrow, but your party's on Saturday. She's like, no, but when's my birthday party, mom? Like, yeah, it's so hard. Those Saturday, <laughs> those concepts of time are so hard for them to get their yeah. head around. Which it's is so kind of cool, actually, because I've been thinking lately that time is a com- 
that the, about the fact that time is such a completely human construct. It is. And it little is. ones have no need for it. Right. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see so much in her of this just like freeness that it's yeah. like, wow, I hope she keeps that. Oh, doesn't lose it, you know? foster that as long as she can. Yeah. And especially with her older sister being the complete opposite and she can just kind of like hound on her sometimes and then like oh. just leave her alone. <laughs> how many, how, her what's the gap between them? Three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. That was the same kind of, that was the same gap between my two girls and it got, yeah. it got bigger <laughs> as they got older like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's been a lot of fun, though it is kind of just like, wow, it does go really fast. <laughs> like you always hear parents tell you that, but until you do it yourself, it's like, oh, now I get it. Well, it's that time thing again. Some, like, I think about those years now and they seemed like I was either awake or asleep and that was it. That was my clock, mm-hmm. especially when, yeah. they were t- when they were just babies, like new babies. And then time would stretch and then it would shrink. And then like, it's time is a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I am different than a lot of moms, I think, because I, I am more less concerned about like capturing the memories than I am about just like enjoying it when it's happening. Cause Sometimes I feel, sometimes I feel like, man, am I being a bad mom because I don't have that many pictures? Oh, no, like, you're a fabulous mom. Many videos. <laughs> I just don't feel that. And what am I going to do? Put hundreds and hundreds of pictures each year on a drive that I'm never going to look at again, probably, knowing me. <laughs> well, I mean, you so. know, maybe one day when we're very old, we'll get together and look at all our babies, babies, yeah. and get all nostalgic and shit. But right. Just be I figure like a few pictures each year is enough for me, you yep. know? Yep. So something to mark the time passing. Wow, is this the theme today, guys? Time. Yeah, it seems mm-hmm. so. But yeah, I mean that's that's basically it. And everything else has been just going really great. I'm feeling really good, doing okay. a lot less doing, and that's been amazing. So. Cool. So bittersweet. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, well, this my week. I've written, I wrote down dry and unending. My potion, like I look in my cup, it's dry. And there's little powdery stuff in the bottom. It's just, and, but very much like when Professor Dumbledore had to drink the potion in the cave, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, when Harry was trying to, get the water in the cup and it kept disappearing yeah there's a little bit of a let's just do a mashup of those two things so the water in the cup kept disappearing and he had to keep drinking the potion and it was just like that's what I feel like I feel like my cup is always empty but I keep drinking the freaking potion because I've had a bit of pharyngitis this week (laughs) so Mm. every time I've swallowed it's like really dry. You know how when you have a cold and you wake up in the middle of the night because you're freaking well choking because there's mm-hmm. no spit left in your mouth or your throat <laughs> and you can't swallow and you try and swallow and you feel like everything's just glued shut and you're never going to breathe again and you have a panic? Have you ever done yeah. that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, an that's awful been, feeling. That's been my week as far as potions mm. go. And that as well as the blood moon eclipse, thank you very much, which was absolutely gorgeous. Square. I completely I mean, missed that. I oh. missed it until the next day and I was watching my, my Jimmy Fallon, which is where I get the oh. news because I don't watch the actual news. And he was talking about, I'm like, and that's when watching the news pays off because that's how you know that stuff's coming. Well, <laughs> I know all, when those things happen, I know about it. Because, which, pointing at myself, <laughs> but like I live in the Netherlands and having a clear sky mm-hmm. like at full moon is such a treat because there's so often it's overcast or whatever yeah and I woke up at half past at 
at 3.35. The eclipse starts at 3.36. I woke up at 3.35. The moon was square in my bedroom window. The sky oh. was clear. So I got to, so I didn't stay awake for the whole thing, but I got to see the first little push of crescent coming up into the full moon. Went and peed, went back to sleep. Woke up again about 20 minutes later. So the whole thing took like hours and hours and hours. But you know, I woke up then every 20 minutes, so I saw the eclipse in 20-minute increments. And when it was full, it was the most, oh, oh I don't even, what is the word? It was the, the pink, the deep, deep pink colour of, of the eclipse was just beautiful. It was just glorious. That's the word, glorious. Mm -hmm. And I just stood there, you know, next to my bed, nude, looking out the window <laughs> at the moon, total witching, witching out, I think okay. is the term. It was beautiful. And so that energy has been just coming at me in waves and waves and waves, plus the pharyngitis, plus there's this, all this other stuff, so layers and layers and layers all of this other stuff about getting my voice out there and being heard and saying my truths without trying to protect anybody from them, you know, just in case right. a bit unpalatable to some precious ears. And so, you know, how's that yeah. for a potion? That means it's that time for those ears to walk away. <laughs> if they don't like it. Uh, but yeah. Yes. I mean, to, to see the eclipse from your bed <laughs> through an open window, I mean, I don't think many people have that. Well, I didn't so, open it because it's fucking freezing. We, well, have, I mean, like, we have five centimeters of snow on the ground at the moment. It's great. Yeah. 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 Are you guys, you are in a, on an upper level in your bedroom. Yeah, we're not? in the, we're on, so we have a three-story house and our bedroom's on the second level. But you're so right, like lying in bed, Mm -hmm. and being woken because the moon is so bright and it's yeah. shining on your face is an amazing experience mm -hmm. i would imagine so i sleep with my window my bedroom window open but it's like on the opposite side of the room and i can look out into it oh that's so nice but i don't usually see the moon it's usually like up somewhere else over the house you know but well, yeah that's we have like sloped roofs like really steeply pitched roof so mm. our bed's pushed up against the wall that has the roof is like in the 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 window sorry is in like the ceiling so it's sloped it's a sloped window and mm -hmm. if i lie in bed i can look out the window up at the sky it's just wow i have to come visit sometime and see that <laughs> you are welcome anytime i'll make you <laughs> vegan whatever you want mm. yeah i need to get back on that vegan stuff um but yeah, that, that sounds amazing. Okay, so let's go into Garion's view. Your turn. Okay, chapter 13. Um, so let's see. They arrived at the palace in this chapter, the one that he could see, Garion could see from the distance when they first arrived. And so Bellalorn. Bell yeah, Bellalorn. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we kind of see uh, Garion and Vera catch up to the rest of the group who are waiting outside the palace for them. And then some woman, uh, oh, I was going to look this up so I can remember her name, because um, this reminded me, this scene reminded me of something that we'll talk about oh, we'll talk later about on. Yeah. So anyways, we, we meet Beric's wife because she comes out to greet them in a strange way. And then um, they go inside and they meet... Uh, the kings and the queens that have all gathered here. Um, and we get introduced to them <clears throat> through Silk telling Dernick who they all are, which I thought was clever. And then Garion is really observant as always. And so he notices some really awkward interactions between a couple people. And um, Silk suggests that they take this conversation to like a safer place because they're talking about some serious stuff. And uh, in the process, um, I think it was Aunt Paul decides Gary sh shouldn't be there. He's going to get bored, she says. So he's left out and he's really <laughs> annoyed by that. But as a result, he finds some strange man in a green cloak wandering the corridors. <laughs> and that's where it ends. So mm -hmm. that's a very nice wrap up. Yeah. 
so so yeah so the so the la- the end of the last of chapter 12 was they'd had the the old witch marcher on the steps of the temple and Barak had gotten really cross and then they kept going so this chapter starts with them approaching like after that and approaching the palace um did did this chapter give you more of a uh a visual uh, a visual yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it was funny because I as I I just read this chapter this morning and so it really literally opens up with a visual description of the palace and then I was thinking of us talking about it last week of like well what does it really look like there and so the author did a great job of like depicting this crumbled it's like crumbled down in places and then there's no panes in the windows it's just this open like stone structure so it's not until in the in the description it's not my my vision didn't really solidify um until the three thousand years old part like for three thousand years kings have you know built things up and let things crumble away and that Time is a bloody theme this this week. So <laughs> having that like that that scope, it gives it context, so I can like imagine it's like a ruin almost. Yeah, because there's a comment about like kings like to let the work of other kings go to ruin or something like similar to that. Referring to yeah. some kings like to build it up when others come in yeah. and they don't care and they just let it. Wow. And I like the comment about it gives it gives stupid kings something to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> like building things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, Silk had a lot of like smart comments again in this chapter. Yeah, he's he's well. quite he's quite um he's very sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes yeah. the sarcasm is charming, and sometimes it's cutting, and sometimes it's sad. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to, I touched on this later in in our discussion on notes, but yeah, I was picking up a lot of different vibes from Silk in this chapter. Yeah. So they go, so where are they? So they go in and, uh, and you get more of a sense of what the palace looks like as they're walking to the throne room. Well, you know, hold, what about, what about? when oh, Barak's, oh wife. Barak's wife sorry let's go back to the stairs sorry <laughs> back we go so yeah they arrive at the palace and I love it gives it gives such a um backstory in a in just a sentence when it says the huge iron bound door at the top of the stairs opened as they approached the stairs as though someone had been waiting for them to make an entrance, like to make their mm-hmm. entrance. And this is when Meryl, Barrack's wife, steps out, you know, very formally. You can, I can just imagine her standing there like she's got a pole shoved up her ass and like with her hands folded primly in front of her. And, um, okay, so yeah, you go. Where... You see, I want to know what you thought of this. This is where I got this clear visual of, and, this, and it started with the description of the palace, took me right to Game of Thrones and like Winterfell type setting when Winterfell's in ruins. Oh, I don't know. I believe you. Okay. And so, um, but anyways, so I, my mind was already in Game of Thrones. And then when she walks out and you find out she's his wife and the way she's speaking to him, just so like formal and almost cold, oh. just kind of. It really reminded me of, um, I know you don't know Game of Thrones, but for people that might, Stannis Baratheon, he's this huge character in the story, and he's one of the five kings who's fighting for the throne, and he has a wife whose name is Selyse, and these Do you know two, what a Selyse is? No, what is it? It's a, it's a, um, a spiked um, wrap that certain religious that a certain religious order wraps around their thigh to be punished and to remind them of the the torture that Jesus went through it's a catholic thing oh my goodness i think it's an opus day <laughs> opus day or something wow that can be a I, random that can be a random fact for this week i'll write it write a note that 
Well, that's interesting because I wonder if the author of Game of Thrones knew that when he named this character Solis because he did. describes her perfectly. Yeah, I bet he did. <laughs> like this thorny woman. So anyways, yeah, that reminded me of, of a lot of that in Game of Thrones as um, Stannis and his wife because it's the same thing where she's just, she's so cold to him. Like she could almost, but then she still is like at his will for anything like i'm sorry did i do something wrong just oh, kind of like she says to Beric. yeah because she says um <clears throat> uh about the kids he asks where the kids are and she told tells him that she left them she didn't want to bring them out in the cold and he sighs really loudly like and then she says was i an error my lord and he says let it pass oh, so I mean it's almost kind of like she's like still like did I do something wrong? Like she's trying to almost, you know, what? be that loyal woman. I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to just give a little insight. And I'm not giving anything away. If you're reading along, go and read the description. She's being a total bitch because she has a little sly smile when she says, "Oh, was I in error, my lord?" Mm -hmm. Like. Yeah, I knew you'd want me to bring them, but I didn't, because fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely picked up on her, like, sarcasm and stuff in the, in the previous statements. So I know that was there. It just reminded me a little bit of that, mm. yeah, the same relationship. But, yeah, it was interesting to see his wife and yeah. the way they are together and how he seemed to get even like more somber yeah. as he had to approach her. That's a really good word. Somber. It's like, mm -hmm. you can almost see him droop, can't you? Mm -hmm. mm. But then the Earl of Saline makes a comment about how sad it is. Yeah. Did you catch that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is, this is self first like smart ass remark of like yeah 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 how is it sad because he got exactly what he wanted he pined after her and now he has her <laughs> yeah. exactly um, so i'm wondering like what changed because obviously he wouldn't pine after somebody who was like that who treated him that way so something must have changed so okay well, i'm very glad you said that because even though i read the bloody chapter this afternoon it's very difficult for me to not insert all of the facts I know about all the characters straight away mm -hmm. as soon as they come into the story. <laughs> so hearing, hearing you say what you know about the characters keeps me in check. <laughs> Good. So I'll try to take the lead on any time <laughs> a new character comes in. <laughs> yes, please. Please do. Just say, shut up, Sandra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Silk. Um, just interesting like his take on some and how he can be a little bit harsh almost in some ways of something that seems like a really sensitive topic to me yeah, like very... obviously Beric is hurting we can tell he's hurting about yeah. something so I, I feel like Silk and Beric are like pretty close close like yeah you get that impression don't like they but they were together when the they like Paul and Wolf and Gary and like they were the first few extra characters that yeah so i just wonder where like his kind of bitter sarcasm comes up for his good friend but well, can you like after having read the rest of the chapter does it put that that reaction of silks in the bit of context if you look at it again after knowing what you get to know later in the chapter maybe so are you referring to like Silk's interaction with somebody? No, I'm, re re no. I'm referring to Garion's observations of Silk's behavior later on and the way that he is very self-depreciating and sardonic and, and kind of mm. about that. And if you take that, inf knowing that information, we're being very cryptic. Maybe we should just talk about it because, you know, we're talking about the chapter. We can, right. <laughs> we can just come back. So you, you, so what do you think about that? Talk about that. Well, what I, what really jumped out to me as to what you're referring to is Silk's interaction with the queen of Drasnia was what really caught my attention or something. And I still don't know who she is in relation to him. Okay. So the, the king of Drasnia, 
King Rodar, the very fat monarch in red beneath right. the reindeer banner. He is married to Poren, Queen Poren, who is the, the little lady you were just talking about. She's a little blonde thing. And uh, Rodar is Silk's uncle. Right. So King and Rodar, he, so, so Silk is the nephew of the King of Drasnia. Right. So by marriage, she's his aunt, but they're not actually yes. related. No, but she's right. his aunt by marriage, yes. Because I was, I was honestly picking up on a vibe that there's something going between them and that he um, might be the one blocking it more than her and that oh, that might be related to why he is so like cold and bitter looking at Barak with his wife. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> you know, I can't even remember what I thought the first time I read this book now. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Okay, cool. Good to know. Good to know. So yeah, so they've made their way to the throne room and they're meeting all the monarchs, all the kings and queens. So I've just described King Rodar and his queen Poren. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you do this part because I'm still trying to keep track of who's who in this. Okay. So who, who comes from where? Okay, so the new characters we meet are um, those two that I've just said who are Silk's relations. Right. And we also meet King Pohag and Queen Scylla of Al Algaria. And they are beneath the horse banner, the black horse banner. And so is there anyone in the, in our band of merry men who's an Algar? No, but anyway. Um, and then we also meet King Arnheg, who is the, Cher the king of Cherik. Mm -hmm. This is his palace that we're in. King Arnheg and his queen is, is Lena. Now, every time I see it written, like, you know how you pronounce Ireland with a, with a silent S? Right. Her name is spelled I-S-L-E-N-A. And I keep wanting to pronounce it Eilena because that just sounds better when I put it in my mouth, then is Lena. It just. Right. How do you say it in your head? I was saying is Lena. Okay. Is Lena. But it, it makes sense. Like Arnheg and is Lena. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's do that. So Queen is Lena is the queen of Cherik. Um, but what did you think about the description of King Arnheg? So he was the one that was described like really scruffy, right? Yes. He had, oh, he was the black bearded man? Yes, no. the big black bearded man. Yeah. He had wrinkled and spotted blue robes. His hair was shaggy and unkempt. And the crown he wore was dented in a place or two. And one but, of the points was completely snapped off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that description. <laughs> Like he just doesn't care. He doesn't care anymore. It's like there's no point to it. Why well, does he even try? It's a really good description, I think, of the character of the Cheriks because they're a warrior race. Like they're they're warrior people. So if you take Barak and put him in a king's robe and crown, like you can imagine that the crown would be thrown around a bit because he'd be wrestling and that, like fighting, and that's just part of their culture. Like just the I don't know. I think it, it's interesting anyway and makes me chuckle every time I read it. Yeah, it was really funny. So they all go in yeah. and when they arrive, the, the, uh, I can't remember who it is, but someone's like introducing everyone and it's all these and thous and blah, blah, blahs. Did you want to talk about what happens next with um, Wolf? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was really funny because I always, as a reader, when I read books like that, I kind of always wonder like, what is, why do they really talk that way? Like, what's the point of it? And so when his comment of like, why are you being and thouing all over the place? Like, let's just get to the point. <laughs> I laughed as like a reader of, of that kind of stuff. Cause it's yeah. like, yeah, what's the point of it? I never understood. 
Um, so that, yeah, that was really, really funny. And the response to that was, oh, well, you know, that's, that's my fault. King Arneg says, you know, the, the, the others are speaking to, I've set scribes to work to record our meetings and the others are speaking to history as, as well as to you. And right. then, do you remember Wolf's response, which I love? Um, I can't find it right now, but it was something about history uh, is very forgiving and it doesn't yeah. even care what we say anyways. Or... And I just love that he refers to history as a she. Mm-hmm. He says, yes, history is very forgiving and she's not going to remember anything we say anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or most of what we say anyway. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That was a really good line. Yeah, so um, Gary is still being introduced to new people as a boy in Mistress Paul's charge and nothing mm-hmm. else. Yep. He did, I mean, he didn't really react at that point. He was just kind of like, okay. Yeah. No, it, it doesn't talk about his reaction at all. It just sort of yeah. does this description. And then um, it was, it's when we were talking earlier about Silk's reaction to Porin, he, Garion, it, it's, it's sort of told through Garion's perception, you know, the way that Silk's gaze lingers on Porin mm-hmm. um, and he sort of, he seems to sort of lose track of what's going on around him because as, as everyone's moving out of the room, you know, to go somewhere safer, he's sort of just standing there watching the queens go in a different direction. Oh, it's just funny too because the queens apparently are just women and in Cherik, you know, they're not included in the important king conversations. So, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And she makes a comment to Silk about all that. And he seems yeah. to have the opposite opinion of it. Yeah. So she's like, oh, how boring. You know, we're going to go and, and basically, oh, we missed, we missed a thing we'll go back to. But she's like, yeah, how mm-hmm. boring. We're going to sit around and watch Islena go into a stupid trance over her stupid crystal ball because she's yeah. a mystic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was um, the part we missed, I think, the funny introduction yeah. between her and Aunt Paul, right? Yeah. The, yeah. Um, how, and Silk is, a, a, is like, like he's, you would watch a football game. He's like dialoguing the whole event. He's like, he now she's going to do this. So yeah. now pay attention to her response. And he, he's like, it's written like he's trying not to laugh out loud when he's saying, no, no, watch, watch, watch how she greets Algara. <laughs> yeah. And so like, she basically just slips some green gem, whatever the point of a green gem is supposed to be. I don't know. Oh, I just think it's like a, a, a something to pre- something precious to produce. Yeah. So... Out of her um, sleeve, and he just—it just—you can see him just about wetting himself, trying not to laugh. Like, oh, she had it up her sleeve the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really funny too. And then Aunt Paul, Aunt Paul. Well, what does she do? Do you remember? Yeah, she uh, makes somehow appears with a red rose. Yes, yeah. Garion is kind of baffled by where did that come from <laughs> yeah, so here gary just prefers not to think about where it came from because mm-hmm. that's all impossible stuff yeah yeah so anyway so so the queens go off together and the whole point of them moving into a different room was because um silk sort of said you know are you sure that this is safe you know mergo's um spread their money around and they could have paid someone even if there aren't any mergo's here because mergo's are not a are not allowed in Cherik. They just, they'll be killed if they come. It's sort of, you know, ju- that's just the way it is. King Arnhag sort of, you know, gets a bit like miffed and says, well, you know, my warriors are better than that. They wouldn't give away secrets. And so it's like, yeah, well, what about the servants and the people in the kitchen? And mm-hmm. are you as sure about them? And <laughs> then it's funny. King Arnhag says, well, could you, you know, infiltrate my palace <laughs> right. remember this bit yeah because he's like actually i have many times <laughs> yes <laughs> and the king is kind of like you could have just asked <laughs> yeah he sort of turns to rhoda turns to the other monarch with this you can just imagine a little boy hurt look on his face like mm-hmm. oh you could have just asked me <laughs> yeah <laughs> and rhoda's like yeah but that's not as much fun 
So mm -hmm. you kind of get, this is helping us to build the idea of what Drasnians are like. You know, it's just little bits that we, that the author is laying into the characters of the different people of the book. Yeah. Are you getting a, like a, a more of a sense of the different characters of the peoples? Well, definitely. Well, I, I'm really clear on like the ones we've been with from the beginning. I'm still trying to sort out. I can't even remember the names of all the different like places yeah. off the but top like of the, my head. The general, but, the general national characteristics of the different races, are you starting to sort of get a feel or an idea for them? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I know, all I know is I, I get barracks people and I kind of get silks people. Yeah. And well, uh, they're really, and <laughs> they're really the only, or maybe the Algars, like the horse sort of thing. Yeah, they were so briefly, like, yeah. chapters ago. Yep, yep. I just handed them some horses, so it's kind of like, hmm. Okay. Okay, cool. So, That's really, it was just interesting to sort of, you know, that's the whole point of this conversation you and I are having, that you see it with new eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel in the dark about that, those people. I already forgot their name again. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Did you have, before we before we um, go into the, the private room, there's not much left of the chapter, but are there any questions about the new characters that we've met that you were curious about? Um, no, I don't think so. The, the most intriguing part was I'm trying to figure out this relationship between the queen and Silk. Well, I'm not telling. Okay, let's go into the other room. So they all go into the private room and Garion is dallying at the back of everyone mm -hmm. in the hopes that he'll go unnoticed and just be able to sneak in. Right. Um, and something but, catches his eye, though. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. He's delayed even further because he sees, I don't know if it's like a, like a glint or shine or something. And then he looks and sees somebody in a green cloak kind of vanish really quick. And maybe it's just like that flicker in the corner of your eye, like movement when someone's mm -hmm. moving, you know, you often sort of just catch that. Even there's just a sense of someone moving just out of your peripheral vision that you turn towards. Right. Um, yeah. So he sees that and then, and then he hurries to catch up once he realizes, you know, he's kind of behind, so. And then, um, um, of course, is that the door waiting for him? <laughs> right. And that's when she, she suggests that, I think Garion's probably just going to get bored for how yeah, long I'm this like, is going to oh, take. <laughs> he would so not be bored, lady, really. <laughs> and then he gets upset. He's like, yeah, Paul, come on. Um, yeah, and she so, says, oh, maybe the art, is there somewhere that he can go to amuse himself while we're, you know, yeah. doing these talks? Because Barrack's still there with him. Yeah, so Barrack suggests the armory, and then Garion's kind of like, what am I going to do in the armory? And, and Paul's like, well, maybe the scullery. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then he's like, yeah, I guess the armory sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so, then, then Beric takes him off toward, or tells him where the armory is, yeah. and he just wanders on his own, mm -hmm. and again encounters this, this man in the green cloak who looks very normal, like you would just suspect, not a suspicious person, but the way he's like moving and kind of sneaking mm -hmm. without any noise through these mm -hmm. corridors makes Garen wonder well, what actually, he's Well, actually, it's interesting, there's a little bit in there, and I don't know if it's more of this dry voice in his mind kind of intuition-y thing going on that's just not put into language in the text of the book but it sort of says he's on his way to the armory and for some reason that he can't explain he's he just feels like he needs to go up a certain passage that is not on the way to the armory and it's when he goes up there that he notices the man in the green cloak the man with the short beard in the green cloak. And the reason he notices is because he's being so furtive. He's not just walking around. And he and the description is like, yeah, he wouldn't have noticed him at all if it hadn't been for the way that he was trying to sneak around. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and so it it's wrapped up with that. Yeah. Just kind of left like, okay, well, who's this guy? And yeah. Garion decides not to follow him, but to figure out he needs more proof before he can bring it up to anyone else. Right. That's right. That's right. Because it's like, Oh, no one will believe me. Mm -hmm. 
not just off of my gut feeling that there's something yeah. wrong with him. I need proof yeah. of what he's up to. So at the end of the chapter, he's like by himself. The man's disappeared, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't know which way he went. He decides I'm not going to follow him or try to yep. figure it out. So I assume he'll appear again. Okay, and that's the end of the chapter, my darlings. Yeah. So, magic. Let's get into it. Um, well, I had to go with the easy one. When Aunt Paul conjures up this red rose from what seems like nowhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like something easy for her to do. She's a sorceress. It makes sense that she'd be able to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, but Gary and just seems so baffled by it. Like, you just found out she's a sorceress, so I don't know yeah. why it's so baffling, but I get that he's not yet accepted it. Well, I think it's, it's not baffling, but he's denying that it could possibly, could, that it is a real thing, even though he's presented with all of this proof and even though everyone else accepts it as a fact because in his mind, he doesn't want to be alone. And if he acknowledges that his aunt is the sorceress Polgara, then she can't possibly be his aunt. And so, you know, I think that's really scary for him because he, then he sort of, he's having this identity crisis as it is, you know, yeah. with all of the, the comments about, well, you're not a sender or you look a bit Reven. And then Aunt Paul is not really Aunt Paul, she's Polgar at the Sorceress. So what does that make me? And, you know, life's been tipped upside down. I think, I think that's why he denies so hard. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, think, I thought it was just a really, it was a really humorous scene until, you know, we see Garion's reaction and then yeah. it kind of brings you back to where, like, oh, yeah. I, I, feel, I feel for him. Well, it, um, it, is, it was funny, like, the way he, he looked quizzically at Silk and Silk just kind of winked at him, like, how does she do that? <laughs> and Silk's, like, just with a wink, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which probably doesn't help Garion in any way. No, but yeah, so it's, and I don't, it's not that I think anyone's being deliberately dismissive of Garion, but there's no. so much teenage angst going on in there, you know. It's not only like the teenage stuff, like he has so much of that, but then it's also um, just because he was raised in this farm yeah. where everything was so practical and logical. Yes. And yes. now he's in this like, everything's unknown and like magic's here and yeah. I, I can't believe in it yet, but yeah. it's here anyways. And very so. specifically to the senders, like senders don't believe in magic. They believe mm -hmm. in what they can see and feel and hear and touch. You know, it's just a, as you say, a very practical race. Yeah. And so there's all of, yeah, he's sort of, he's not been, he's not been raised to consider this stuff to be a reality. So yes, yes. Okay. I'll give you that. He's been tipped on his head and I will, st I will stop calling him and so much of an angsty teenager. I'll, I'll be more understanding. <laughs> no, I mean, I completely get that he is he's yeah. doing that as well. Well, it's and just... also it's like that it's, it's a part of the story arc, you know, the hero mm -hmm. has to mature and grow into the hero, he has to go through the pains, the internal pains as well as the external pains, you know, yeah. and in the way of he's, he thinks about the world and himself. So this is all part of that as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Because he's left the ordinary world. He's in this magical world. And yeah. it's now the point of like figuring out what that means for yeah. him. Yeah. You know, he's got his mentor by his side. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's what not. makes us love these stories, isn't it? Because you get to see this internal process of someone mm -hmm. moving through all of the different stages of coming to understand themselves. Yeah. You know, each time we and, read it, we see a bit more of ourselves. Oh, yeah. That's why I read. And that's why I write. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> if anybody wants to help writing something, their story, get in touch with Alicia. She's fabulous at helping you um and i don't have any magic because that was really the magic of the chapter yeah i think so, we agreed on that one yeah Both the same is it the first magic that she does that's like obvious magic i think it is yeah i think so like right out in in the open like in yeah. front of everyone yeah 
yeah. I don't remember anything else. Okay, well, that's quite a step in the in Garion's life and the story. Yeah, I guess Aunt Paul's making a statement in some ways. Oh no, I can't imagine that. <laughs> no, nothing like that blue dress ordeal. No, no, nothing like that. So, okay. how about you for relating this chapter to your real life? What was that for you? Oh, okay, so <laughs> I wrote this down and I didn't know whether I would actually say it out loud, but I bloody will because whatever. Um, Queen Lena, every time I meet her again, when I read the story, I just want to smack her because there are actually people that I know who carry on with that kind of bullshit, that sister goddess, priestess, you know, posing and just it's so inauthentic and 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 that's just me that's that's totally me and my perspective and how it bounces from me and I see it through all of my filters and stuff you know I acknowledge that (laughs) but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it doesn't piss me off (laughs) any less Well, I think it's a mixture. I think it's a mixture of like your own um, perceptions, but also some people are just a little over the top. And well, you know, sometimes it's like you're just trying too hard, bitch. Just settle down. <laughs> what is it that you're really trying to say? Because guess what, spirit doesn't give a shit what words you use as long as you really mean them. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Words aren't. Or we give power to words more than we should. So I get well, it. Well, well, you know, I, I, well, I would toggle between totally affirming that and totally denying that. <laughs> <laughs> I work with words. You know, we work know. with words. They are powerful, powerful things. I think they're powerful when you are trying to convey something powerful or life-changing yes. or inspirational or impactful. But when yes. they're just being thrown out there for the sake of being thrown yes, out there. That's it. That's absolutely true. The same, you can use the same word and have it loaded with power, a very inconsequential word, and it can be loaded with power or it can be just a word that you say. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. And I think that's the thing that pisses me off. But, but, you know, everyone gets to where they're going by their own means. And so maybe... You've got to try things out and see how it feels and try on the robe with the drapey sleeves. And I have robes like that. I wear them, <laughs> but I don't dance around and take photos of myself in bloody, you know, oh, arms up pose. No, that's just private for me. And now the world knows about it. Well, <laughs> well the world of our podcast listenership, so it's not very big. So it's okay. Oh, Yeah. You know, anyway, that's my rant. I I didn't rant too much, did I? No. Okay. It was a nice small rant. (laughs) I hope none of them listen to this podcast. What? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't hear you. What did you say? I hope none of them listen to this podcast. Oh. Yeah. None of my business, how other people feel is none of my business. You didn't name anybody, so it's up to them to perceive if you were talking about them or not, I guess. Yeah, that perception, that's a bitch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's your personal insight? Okay, let's see. So, again, I'm coming up to this moment with Silk and this queen. (laughs) (laughs) You just really want to know, don't you? I'm not telling you. I really was just picking up a different kind of vibe from Silk when he was in her presence. Something like he didn't want to let her on to what he was really thinking or feeling, nor anybody else. And he was putting up a really good front, but I think deep down there's something really emotional with him for her, for him with her. That's actually (laughs) very insightful, so I'll give you that. And so um, it just made me remember being that person of, like always hiding how I really felt from other people and I meant everybody even my husband at the time and my children and parents and it's just a terrible way to live so I just felt his pain that he was 
feeling the need to do that. And it's probably a lot more at risk for him, like his life or her life or something like that, you know, but um, in our own lives, I think it's just being able to live in the truth of your feelings and, and thoughts to voice them openly is really important. So just reminded me of, I'm glad I'm not there anymore. <laughs> it was awful. How did, did it, would, uh, how did you go reading it? When you read sort of something like that, that mm-hmm. flicks you into that, those memories, are you okay with it? Like, are you able to sit with them or do you like a no, not going there? No, I actually felt, I don't know. I'm, I'm just such at peace right now in general that it was kind of more like reading it. I was like, oh, it almost felt like this distant, like faded memory to mm-hmm. be like, I'm just, I'm glad I don't do it anymore. Yeah, it was, it was just really like uplifting, I guess, to know that I'm not that person anymore. Fantastic. So, See, yeah. this is why story is so mm-hmm. bloody important. Like really, <sighs> there is healing to be had. Exactly. I love it. And that's why I like, I can watch Lord of the Rings on repeat because there's so much in it. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, your kids, the movies, not the books, but whatever. Mm-hmm. The movies are amazing. So I'm a bit spoiled every... now. <laughs> I tried to watch the movies on Netflix, but they're the, um, mm-hmm. the cinema versions. And I'm like, no, not doing it. I want all the extra bits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have the Blu-rays with all the extended stuff because I have to collect that stuff. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not living if I don't have that on my shelf. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so dramatic. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's just what it is. The story and certain stories call out to certain people stronger and Lord of the Rings is one that just really does yeah. for me. Yeah. So, and, and this story is in many ways has, remnants of lord of the rings yeah bulgaria are you enjoying the story the bulgaria yeah yeah i'm enjoying it a lot especially now that we're learning more of the you know what what is i know we're going to learn now more about sorcerers and what Mm. really sorcery is in these war in this world and all of that stuff is what i get into like hardcore so (laughs) oh excellent okay so now we're going oh prophecy speaks yay week I'm using um, a book called To Light a Sacred Flame, Practical Witchcraft for the Millennium by Silver Raven Wolf. I haven't actually read it. I I inherited it. I sort of got it from a friend of mine. And let's have a look. When was it written? I like the author's name. 1999. So what? 20 20 years years ago? ago. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and it's interesting, like I have a lot of different books that cover energy medicine, spiritual tradition, which, you know, Wicca, witchcraft. And it's interesting to watch what um, carries through the decades, what carries through the years and what sort of falls away and the ways that the different interpretations that different um, practitioners put on stuff. Yeah. So I love, I like having, um, you know, a library that spans a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of time. <laughs> My lifetime. And before. Yeah. And there's that time again as well. Oh, my goodness. That... There we go. All right. So um, I, want to, I, want to have, I want to have a question because it just, it's more, I don't know, interesting to talk about if I have a question instead of just some vague guidance. It doesn't really give anything context. So... Okay, so I'm recently become very involved with some groups, um, and I've it's it's very interesting. So I'm teaching and mentoring meditation in one group, and I'm become a moderator in another uh, social media support group for life coaches, and as well as that, um, there are other things that I'm involved in, 
which I really want to be involved in. It's only one of me and I only have so much time in my calendar that I can schedule. And so I really have to be mindful that I'm not excluding my own creative time or, you know, squeezing myself so tight that when I get to my creative time, I'm not feeling creative. So I want to make sure that the things I'm doing that are intended to fill my cup are actually filling my cup and not, you know, draining my cup. Mm -hmm. Because as much as I love being around people and interacting with people, I also really need to be alone yeah. um, just to have that solitude. And so, and I haven't been doing my morning routine. I've really fallen out of the habit. Mm. Um, and so it could be that it's as simple as starting my morning routine again and making for, you know, making myself do it until it becomes a, just a regular habit again, getting up nice and early and meditating and journaling and just having that solitude in the morning, maybe doing some reading or something and then moving into my day so that I'm still getting the solitary time that fills my cup as well as the community time that fills my cup. So that when it comes to my, my writing and my creative stuff, I feel creative. That's a very long winded thing. Did it make sense? Tell me. Yeah, it made sense. I think you might have already just answered yourself. But <laughs> well, let's see. We'll, we'll let's go see. into the prophecy and see what it gives you. But yeah, yeah that, the mean, morning routine is really it's important. It's one thing to know what I should do. Mm -hmm. Inverted inverted comes should, but right, should is not. Give me, give me, want. give me a little bit of extra stuff, universe. Come on. You want it to come from. Oh, God lightness not shouldness <laughs> the intent of creativity nice good days sunday monday wednesday or friday good planetary hours sun moon mercury venus moon phases new or waxing the moon in this in the signs moon in aries moon in gemini moon in sagittarius bloody blah 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 blah, blah. All of the things, like it's a list of um, symbols, like symbolic things that apply to or, or um, energies that correspond to the intent of creativity. Right. So that, that's interesting. <laughs> and I work very much in metaphor and symbolism. Mm -hmm. And my cycles, when I include those kinds of energetic influences in my cycles, in my scheduling, like I'm a bit of a witchy scheduler, I do things like create appropriate stuff to the phase of the moon. So this is actually really appropriate for me. Like it's like a list of, okay, here are the things that you need to maybe build into your schedule. So as weird and woohoo as that sounds, this is actually really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How's that for a bit of prophecy? Yeah. And I think to um, just reincorporating your morning routine is going to be a huge, like I you kind of just true. talked yourself into that. Yeah. Well, I think so too. And this is, this is really, you know, it gives me the things to build into that solitary time, like ways to energies to bring into that time to fuel my intent of creativity which is the title of the section. And the affirmation at the end of the section is I am worthy and I am a worthy and creative individual. So mm -hmm. I might write that on a piece of paper too and stick it on the front of my computer just to remind yeah. myself that I'm worthy to, you know, I don't have to do, do, do for everyone. Right. I'm worthy just right. by myself. Right. Yeah. It's easy to get caught up in that stuff. And I know because I've done it. <laughs> and then, you know, a few weeks in, it's almost like, oh, man, what did I get myself into? Yeah. Um, and so learning to maybe say no more up front. Oh, but I have. I really have been saying no to so much. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot you have to say no to to make more yeses for you. Well, I mean, I look at the smile on your face. <laughs> that's come from you saying no to things and Almost everything just a little bit inspired chicky mm -hmm. i mean if you want i can f 
forge you the name in the book that inspired all of this too. Oh no, not yet, not yet, but when it's time, I will definitely, but I'm not there yet. I'm not at that point. Okay. I'm doing different stuff. Okay. All right. So you got your insight pretty clear then with those, that list, right? Yeah. I think it's good just to have like to ask that question or to have some sort of intention or focus for the, for doing this exercise, because not only is it helpful, it's, it's, a, it's affirming that, you know, there is actually an answer there. Like you ask a question and you're given an answer rather than just something that you could interpret for anything. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's good to have those confirmations of intuition. Yeah, I agree. My turn. Okay, so mine, I'm doing Life's Golden Tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember reading this book years ago. And I was just thinking about reading it. It was such a different time in my life then. I want to reread this now, but I think I just want to know like everything that I've been not doing, but been um, being, I guess, is really in alignment with what I'm meant to be being. (laughs) Understand. Yep. Let's see. I climbed into the front cart, front cart and crank. That's a person's name. Crank lowered the safety bar and cage over me. Now, I just want you to enjoy the ride. No tricks here. You'll get dry and I'll get my information. Pay attention to what you feel. I want you to describe it to me later. Ready? Yeah. Crank turned toward the operator and waved his hand in a circle. Giddy up, he said. Uh, The operator pushed the button and I heard a buzzing noise below. The ride started backing up and I sensed the carts behind me climbing up the right side of the loop. Okay, so that's just describing like the ride. Yeah, so I think it's all right there. (laughs) And uh, I just want you to enjoy the ride. There's no tricks here. (laughs) That's so perfect. (laughs) You know. Tell us why it's perfect. Pay attention to what you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, this is perfect because everything that I've been doing is just really paying attention to what I feel, honestly, <laughs> how I'm feeling on the inside, ignoring everything out, out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it's been like the most liberating two weeks of my life since I've started all of this. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, basically, I guess, yes, <laughs> I, I am doing um what i meant to be doing or being i guess oh my god that whole metaphor on a ride getting strapped in and just feel what you feel and enjoy the ride (laughs) could have been perfect yeah that's awesome excellent So, so prediction so, for the next chapter. So last week I already went back and looked at it and mm-hmm. I I was close in that we did learn a little bit more about Beric because we met his wife. Um, we just say, hang on, what was last week's prediction? That we would learn more truths about Beric, who Beric is and where uh-huh. he comes from, and right. that the, com- the company would be faced with our best bad decision. Okay. So, okay, you got so you, that, that was part, you know, yeah, the stuff about Barrack. Right, right. So this week, I, I'm, I think for the next chapter that Gary's going to run into this green cloaked man, as I like to call him now, um, in this next chapter. And that also something is going to happen in that discussion and the private that Gary's not included in. And mm-hmm. That I think maybe Wolf is going to gain some knowledge in there that he's not going to openly share, but that's going to like shift the way he's direction he's taking everybody or something like that. Okay. That's as good as I can get for this week. Excellent. And so hashtags for this episode. I just wrote one down. That's very sneaky. I heard you type in. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it go gray. <laughs> <laughs> so my hashtag is green gems and cloaks. Mm, that's a good one do you have one? Oh yeah I have <laughs> she had it up her sleeve oh 
that one. Which I choose that one. Okay, I'm gonna I just I can just hear silk like she had it up her sleeve the whole time. She and had like, it up her sleeve. She had it up her sleeve. Okay, that looks very wrong when you put all the letters together. I'm gonna have to really read that carefully. I'm sorry. Darling listeners, thank you. If you're still here at the end of the show, please visit us on social media with the hashtag she had it up her sleeve. And tell us what your prophecy for yourself is, or just make a comment or tell us how much you love the show, or you know ask some questions about the story or our general conversation. We would totally love that. I'll yep. make sure that there are links in the show notes. But if for some reason the links in your show notes are not active, I will put the actual URL for the website, which is belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com. And if you go there, you will find all of the information about Alicia and myself, the, all of the things that we, you know, links to all of the places that we hang out and all of the social media stuff and ways to connect with us on the show here as well. And um, I'm going to add a new thing <clears throat> in this week. If you are enjoying the show and we're up to, you know, episode 13, so you've hung around for a while and... There must be something that you like about it. So if you could rate and review us, especially on Apple Podcasts, that would be so bloody cool. It would be ridiculous. So I was just going to add that in. <laughs> like it was in my head as you were speaking and then you were singing on the same track. So there Woo-hoo! we go. Go us. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, ratings and reviews are so awesome to help like spread the word and to get other people to see us more easily. Yeah. Um, for those who you think might enjoy it, like just. Yeah. Or just share some links around, like go nuts guys on your social media platforms. If you like it, maybe, you know, you've got friends who would like it as well. So yeah. I should know I nerd out over my um, fiction focused podcast. So I get it. You know, it's time to share. We'll share it. Like, absolutely. We'll share it. Yeah. So that's our new request this week. Please rate and review us wherever it is that you listen to us. And if you are a super fan, go over to Apple Podcasts, just especially to rate and review us there, because you would be awesome. Yes. And okay. Thank you in advance. Thank you so much. So I guess we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Did I talk? I, do you feel like you had time to talk? Did I have time to talk? <laughs> I think we were balanced. Okay, good. It's hard to know, like mid conversation. <laughs> okay, I'll stop recording now.